Today on episode number 538 of the School of Podcasting, we're going to be talking about some KFC, and no, we're not talking chicken. We're going to put the noise reduction feature of Hindenburg Journalist through a test. We're going to continue on with our podcast glossary as we tackle the Ds. And in the news, I share my opinion on why the mystery show from Gimlet was canceled. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your very own personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. I mean that, really, seriously. I'm very, very thankful that you are here. If you're new to the show, I help you massage your message. I help you tackle the technology. I help you face your fears, flatten that learning curve, and get you on the road to pain-free podcasting. Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T, E-N-E-R and save a bunch when you sign up either on a single course or go for the whole bundle. Again, coupon code listener, just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. I've been playing off and on. In fact, I'm using it right now. I'm recording this in Hindenburg Journalist. They just came out with a new version. I'm using a Audio-Technica ATR 2100 that's it. No big boomy processor this week. Uh, just the tools built into Hindenburg. And they came out with a new version and it's got a noise reduction feature in it. And I've got a little example here to show you what it sounds like. All right. So I'm going to purposely record this very, very low. It sounds weird, but in audio, you go up to zero and I'm at minus 30. You're supposed to be at minus 12. So this is very, very quiet. I'm going to boost this up. But I'm going to shut up, and if you listen, there's a high pitch and a lot of hiss. So if you're in your car, you're probably not going to hear this, but I'm going to shut up for a second. And now I will, uh, I don't know, read, uh, how about Mary had a little lamb. Its fleece was white as snow. Now it's about a quarter of the way up. And everywhere that Mary went, it's about halfway up now, the lamb was sure to go. Uh, go ahead and turn it up to three-fourths of the way. There we go. It followed her to school one day, which was against the rules. Now go ahead and turn it all the way up. Uh, and everybody looked at her and said, wow, you smell like uh, sheep crap. Um, so there we go. So now I'll turn this back all the way off. And now I will shut up and turn it about where it was working good, which was about, uh, I don't know, uh, 10 o'clock. So there you go. And that, if you go, wow, that sounded horrible. That was the whole point. I purposely made that sound bad and then tried to take the hiss and the out of it. And the other thing that the new version does is it allows you when you export and you're ready to get your geek on, there's a setting called LUFS. And especially in the UK, it is a certain volume level that you're supposed to try to adhere to. And they now have the ability to export at minus 23 and minus 16 LUFs. Now, the interesting thing is you can't do minus 19 LUFs mono, which technically is supposed to be the spec, but you can do minus 16. So the fact that it tries to bring in things at the right level when you bring them in, and again, if you bring in something extreme or something's really, really bad, it will do its best, but it's not a miracle worker. And then as you export, it tries to kind of, again, bring everything up to the proper level. So it really does take a lot of the guesswork out of it. And their noise reduction is simply one knob. It kind of listens to your file. And the more it listens to it, the better it gets. And then you just turn up how much do you want. And you will you heard there at the end when I was all the way on, I sounded kind of margled. margled? I think I just made up a new word. I was margled. 
It's kind of half garbled and half mangled. It's margled. There you go. Add that one to the Urban Dictionary. And so you turn it back into where it doesn't sound bad, and that's how you do it. It's really that simple. Hey, speaking of noise reduction and luffs and volume levels, you know who can take care of that for you? Danny and Aaron Osment over at emeraldcitypro.com. The website you want to go to is emeraldcitypro.com slash SOP. What they do right now, you can get four episodes for $15 per episode. And then after those four, the price goes up to $40. But even that is a steal. And I emailed Danny. I go, what are they actually getting for 15 bucks? You want to have your intro and outro added and any advertisements? Done. How about removal of ums and your nose? Done. Any kind of mistakes? Done. Taken out. Noise reduction? They can get super duper just removing any kind of hiss or any kind of wind noise or air conditioning. They're also going to improve your volume levels and your ranges and your tracks are just going to sound awesome. Your ears are going to be going, ah. Why? Because they're going to apply EQ and mastering. And then when it's all done, they're going to encode your podcast file at a suitable file format that will download quickly and still sound great. For more information, go over to emeraldcitypro.com slash SOP. But wait, there's more. That's right. Once a month, Danny does a webinar where you can go over and discuss how to use the equipment that you already have in terms of editing, mixing, and mastering your content. All you have to do, go over to emeraldcitypro.com slash SOP. That's emeraldcitypro.com slash SOP. If you live in the U.S., and probably, when I think about it, outside the U.S. as well, you might be familiar with a certain Colonel Sanders who started Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's finger-licking good. It is. It's finger-licking good. All right. You also noticed that uh, over the years that uh, they've introduced grilled chicken, and they changed their name from Kentucky Fried Chicken to KFC, because in America, if it's got three words, well, that's just too much work to say them all. And so uh, I think the idea here is to get the word fried out of their name as the world just gets to know that, hey, you know what? Um, Maybe that greasy finger licking good stuff isn't so great for your waistline. And so today I'm going to share what KFC stands for based on the book that I'm listening to called How to Make People Like You in 90 Seconds uh, or Less by Nicholas Boothman. And uh, you can get that audiobook for free, of course, by going to schoolofpodcasting.com slash audible trial. And if you want to be an affiliate for audible, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash audible. And the K in KFC stands for no, know what you want out of podcasting. I've said this before. You have to identify your why. Why are you getting into podcasting? If you can't say your why, you're never ever going to make it through the how. And so some examples might be, are you looking to be seen as an expert? Well, then maybe you should do some Q&A to show off your expertise. Are you looking to get people to to know you and, and like you? Well, then maybe it's time to ditch that interview format and talk directly to your audience. If you're trying to get the message out and you're not sure if it's working, then maybe come up with a hashtag so you can track your progress. The other thing this would do is it it helps you know if you're being successful or not, whatever it is that you're trying to get out of it. Because otherwise, how are you going to know if you're even on track? So you have to know what you want 
to get out of podcasting. I often ask people, how will you know if your podcast is a success? I mean, you can have a thousand downloads an episode, but if the idea is to get consulting clients or if the idea is to get the message out there, maybe the downloads really don't matter. So the K in KFC is know what you want out of podcasting. Now, the F word in KFC, it's a different F word. In this instance, it stands for find. Find what you're getting. And when I get feedback from people about this show, they seem to like my style. They say I'm kind of laid back and I break things down into easy bite-sized chunks. And they appreciate the fact that I occasionally try to get you to laugh. Uh, In the past, I've told you about some tools that you can use to get feedback from your audience. One was SurveyMonkey. The other one is PollDaddy. And of those two, I liked PollDaddy. It's actually owned by the same people who make WordPress. They're both free. And uh, I've used them in the past for surveys. They're, They're fine. But my new favorite is also free. It's Google Sheets. If you go to sheets.google.com, you can easily basically take a spreadsheet. So this is where you could have each question basically be a column. But all you have to do is go in to that tool and with a few mouse clicks, turn that spreadsheet into a form. And the beauty of this is, unlike things like SurveyMonkey and PollDaddy, there's no limits here. You can have as many questions as you want. You can have as many responses as you want. So, but the F here is find. Know what you want to get and then find out what you're getting. I remember when I was married, I was buying flowers. I was doing all this stuff and I thought I was just scoring points after points after points and it wasn't. What would have scored points was vacuuming, it turns out. So she appreciated the flowers, but the feedback was, would it hurt you to put your dishes away and run the vacuum? And I'm like, oh, okay. So what if things are going in the the wrong direction? What if you do a poll and your audience says, you know what, that whole thing where you play the full song at the end of your show, it drives me nuts. Okay, well, then you have to figure out, is this something that I'm married to that I really want to do in my show or what's going on? Well, you've heard me quote the ever popular Ryan K. Parker of Food Craftsman for many years. Go ahead, Ryan. No one will punch you in the face. That's right. I quote that because it's true. No one will punch you in the face if you change your podcast. In fact, look at any long-running series on TV. Think about it. Now, granted, some of those literally jumped the shark after a while, but you're going to see how things evolved. You can't just keep doing the same thing over and over and over. And what's great with podcasting is you can do the same topic, but with different viewpoints, different technologies maybe pop up, different guests, all sorts of different ways to spin the same subject many, many ways. But when it comes to doing things over a long time, many times things change because what they found out in TV was that their ratings were going the wrong way. And they usually brought in a small child to help raise the ratings, which usually was the kiss of death in most uh, sitcoms and TV shows. Now, it takes a little courage to be able to ask for feedback because not everybody's going to give you the feedback you want to hear. But if you go back to the beginning, right, when you know what you're looking for, this is what I want out of podcasting, then you're going to be able to tweak your podcast to get what you want. And 
in the end, if you think about it, if it's based on listener feedback, you're going to give your audience what they want. So basically, the C in KFC is know what you want out of podcasting. Find out what you're getting because otherwise, what's the point? Quit guessing and going, well, I don't know. I think somebody's down. Well, okay. And then the C one is change. Change whatever you're doing to readjust it to get you to where your podcast is delivering what you want and more importantly, what the audience wants. And that's one of the things that you have to think about is what you want going to be in alignment with what your audience wants. Can you do that? And that's where you may find out after the feedback that, hey, you know what? Uh, This isn't going to work. You might be doing a podcast about science fiction and you're talking about Star Trek and Star Wars and Battlestar Galactica. And the goal is to get more real estate business for your cousin. That's not going to work. How are you going to tie those two things together? So you have to know why you're getting into podcasting, find out what you're getting, and then change whatever it needs to change. As long, The other thing I should say there is if your audience wants you to talk about, let's just use colors, your audience wants you to talk about blue, but you started the podcast to talk about red. Well, if you don't want to talk about blue, well, then don't. Keep talking about red and then go find out where the people that want to listen to stuff about red are and get those people listening because the wrong audience has found you. That's the bad news. If you really, really, really want to talk about red. Does that make sense? I'm using colors here, but you get the idea. I'm trying to, you know, if you're, if somebody wants you to completely change your podcast and you don't want to, well, again, they're not going to punch you in the face. You can stay doing what you want to do. And also keep in mind that it's your show. You can do with it whatever you want. But sometimes we get frustrated because we're not getting what we wanted out of it. Well, find out what you're getting. Quit guessing about it and then change the show. And then realize that a lot of things in podcasting, like iTunes, they don't change overnight. That takes a little while for things to get caught up. And so when you change artwork, sometimes it's supposed to take 24 hours. It might take 48 and things of this nature. So it might take you know, a month after changing things and then you poll them again. And just don't make sure that the poll isn't, you know, 48 questions and takes them two hours to get through. Make it quick and easy. And uh, if you really want people to participate in a poll, throw in something like an Amazon gift card or something like that. But that is the KFC of podcasting. Know what you want, find out what you're getting and change what you're doing until you get what you want. Speaking of feedback, holy moly, I want to say thank you to a bunch of people. Uh, Rick from the USA says, uh, in uh, September, I got a ton of reviews. Five stars. Dave is teaching me a lot about podcasting. I'm going to try to get one going and have lots of questions. The School of Podcasting is answering a lot of these questions for me. The cat bits are hilarious. You can tell Dave really loves what he's doing. Uh, Oh, boy. Inyang from the USA says day focuses on podcasting, which is expected by going by the name, but not always the case with some other shows. There's always at least one actual piece of info, uh, some sort of tip or suggestion in each episode to take away. 
I started using the podcast interview wizard on a review I heard on the show. School of Podcasting is now my regular weekly listen. Uh, keep up the good work, Dave. And this is from the Inyang. Oh boy, I'm just going to, it's, I'll put a link to this in the show notes. It's I-N-Y-A-N-G E-F-F-I-O-N-G show. So I will put a link to that out in the show notes. I'm going to say Inyang Efoing. Boy, I'm just, I'm butchering your name and I'm so sorry. So email me, davidschoolpodcasting.com. Tell me how to pronounce your name. But I'm glad um, they put their URL. So I will put that in the show notes, schoolofpodcasting.com slash 538. Yet another one from the uh, Triangle Technical says, I've been listening to Dave for something like four years now. About as long as I've been podcasting, I've listened to most of the other podcasts about podcasting, but Dave is the only one that I listen to regularly. I hate that word. Always informative and always has value. And when I sent him an email a while back, he responded with a video. How cool is that? Uh, uh, yet another one from Samira. Instant subscription. Two words. How cool is that for a uh, a uh, review? So thank you for that. Really love that. Um, yet another one. There are a bunch. I mean, it just went on. This is from uh, Luann Nye. You know what? We're just going to start using first names. How's that? Uh, just simply thank you to Dave for all that you do for the platform of podcasting and uh, for us, the podcasters out here learning from you every day. Well, thank you, Luann. Uh, Mick Squigs. That's a fun one. Says uh, from Canada, A eh? From September 26th. Was there like a contest going on or something? Uh, I'm one of the many silent, faithful listeners of your shows. Yes, shows. I started listening to this show a little over a year ago. You've helped me find the courage to pick up a microphone and start something I've been wanting to do for a long time now. Awesome. That is really, really cool. Um, For that, I'm grateful. As uh, the International Podcast Day nears, I cannot remain one of the silent followers. I cannot think of a more deserving candidate for, oh, that's why, the Gratitude Award. Well, for the record, if everybody was doing this for the Gratitude Award, I really appreciate it. I don't think I'm I don't think I'm like, I don't think I can win because I'm part of the like steering committee or I'm one of the, the kind of the guys that uh, founded it. I'd have to ask Steve about that. Um, I look forward to submitting uh, a story of a because of my podcast segment. So yes, uh, Mick Squigs from Canada. I definitely wait for that. Maybe that's what, maybe that's where they came from. But last but not least, uh, Ms. Val says, my girlfriends and I run a fan site and, uh, Decided to do a podcast several months ago. We purchased our microphones, bought our hosting, and uh, prepared our site to house a podcast. Your advice gave us the courage to just hit record. That's it. Not just the technical aspects of it. That's easily found uh, in any other outlet, but the philosophy of the actions behind it. Providing value. I love the fact. Do you guys have no idea that I'm hearing the word value come back at me from me? You know what I mean by that? That's how you know when you've really communicated. Again, I, I was in marriage counseling for many, many years, but one of the ways you know you've communicated is when you hear your words come out of your spouse's mouth. So in this case, when I hear the word value come out of my listener's mouth, I know I'm getting somewhere. So focusing on your audience, uh, Miss Val says, and keeping it fun for you uh, to make it through the long haul. She says, that is invaluable. I found you on the podcaster's round table. If I, I tell you what, if I had a dollar for every time somebody told me that, I would have at least $7 now. No, I would have a ton. Seriously. 
And she says, I followed you to your site. If you're not familiar with the Podcasters Roundtable, we're going to do a podcasters uh, podcast rewind in a second. It's a podcast I do with Daniel J. Lewis from the audacity to podcast.com and Ray Ortega from podcasterstudio.com. And uh, she says, I followed you to your site and downloaded your episodes. I enjoy your entire catalog. Again, in this case, Miss Val knows what I love to hear. I tell you, when you deliver value, people download your back catalog. It builds that strength. And who knows, maybe someday Miss Val will be a member of the School of Podcasting. She says, uh, keep doing what you're doing and thank you again. So apparently, um, this was probably due to the Gratitude Award. And I really do appreciate everybody sending that. But this is one way you'll get feedback. I also got feedback, uh, and I forget their name, but they said... Uh, I we had Jessica on talking about how to get a sponsor for your show. I'm going to talk about that a little more here in a second. But I mentioned about um, the power of the niche. And what that means is, let's let's just take the example. Let's say you have a product for endurance runners because somebody sent me an email said you should have gone deeper into that. So there you go. You listen to the feedback and I'm changing what I did from the last episode. I'm adding it now. And hopefully this gives you what you want. And so the power of the niche, when people talk about that, let's say you have a product, again, for endurance runners. Well, you could go to Health Magazine. You could go to Men's Fitness. You could go to Women's Fitness. You could go to Fitness Magazine. You're not really sure if you're going to get the endurance runner. But there's probably one, if not 10 or 20, different podcasts about endurance runners running. Those people may not have the subscriptions to Fitness Magazine, but Fitness Magazine may not be, you know, how many of those subscribers are endurance runners? That is the power of the niche. Wait till you hear. And this is this is something I cannot wait. Not that this episode is bad. I cannot wait till next week. I'm going to be interviewing this guy named Lee Silverstein. And I've had so many people tell me about Lee Silverstein. He's the guy that gave the Messengers podcast, the Messengers documentary, the name The Messengers. And I got to talk to him for a little bit for a podcast that I've been kind of contracted to do. Lee is an amazing dude. Wait till you hear the power of the niche because this guy does a podcast that is so super niche and he's got not one, not two, but three sponsors. Now, Speaking of that, uh, recently we've been talking a fair amount about sponsorships, so I, I do want to restate something that I didn't say in those episodes, and it's really, really important. You ready? You don't have to make money with your podcast. I'm just saying. We we talk about that because a lot of people do, but you don't have to, you know, if you are just doing this, I know people that have done this simply to build their confidence in talking. You do want to make money with your podcast, what you might want to do is instead of trying to find the the big giant funnel of money, what you can do is try to have multiple streams of income. And so uh, earlier in the year, I was trying to get these big giant paychecks and it didn't really fit my style. And so what I've done is I've readjusted some things at the school of podcasting and I've tweaked some... Uh, other things that I'm doing. And here's one of the things that has now come about. I have started, I've relaunched, basically, this was back in Hufa, uh, 2002, maybe, an old website, coolerwebsites.com. What this is, is it's a 
it's basically, can I tell you the truth here, just between you and me? It, it's GoDaddy. It's really just GoDaddy. It's a, uh, I'm a reseller for GoDaddy. And in the past, I've talked about Bluehost. I have a couple websites on Bluehost. I have many websites on HostGator. And of those two, I prefer HostGator, which is weird because they're actually owned by the same company behind the, the scenes. But I had a friend of mine come over. I think he's, I think he said he was 68 and he wanted to, to launch a website, wanted to know if I knew anything about, um, you know, WordBook or FacePress or whatever it was. And I helped him launch his website. But in the process, there was a little hiccup. And to make a long story short, Bluehost took about 90 minutes to get either. I was on the chat and he was on the phone and it took a while to get that resolved. And it really wasn't that big a deal. And over the years, again, I'm a huge HostGator fan. And that's not a bad choice. Bluehost is not a bad choice either. The problem is when things go bad, you want somebody to kind of help pick you up quickly. And even HostGator, what used to be three to five minutes to get on their live chat, is slowly taking five to 20 minutes to get someone on the chat. And so I'd heard, um, I think it was Mike Dell from Podcast Help Desk talk about GoDaddy. And so I put a website on GoDaddy's service. I'd heard really nasty things about GoDaddy in the past and went over and tested it, did some Google searching. And really every media host is going to have somebody telling you they're the devil. But um, I have a bazillion domain names. I mean, I have over a hundred domain names, probably if I went in and looked. And over the years, GoDaddy called me to explain to me how they could save me money. Thus, they explained to me how I could give them less money, which seems really weird for a business to do. But uh, there was no catch. They just saw my current situation and there was this like domain buyers club thing you could get on. And I get all my domain names for about $8 a piece because I buy them in bulk. And so I was looking at some things. I saw they had a reseller account. I can actually buy domains now cheaper. And I can then, if somebody needs hosting, I can sell hosting. So it's me selling it to you, but in reality, it's just uh, it's GoDaddy behind them. And the reason I I chose this, I was won over by their support because again, really, Bluehost, HostGator, GoDaddy, when things are going great, there's no difference. But I was won over by the support. So as I was looking into this, many times when I go to GoDaddy's site, their chat system pops up before I even have a question. And when I call them, I get somebody on the phone in super quick time. In fact, the one time, the longest I had to wait, it said your wait will be, I think it was nine minutes. And instead of waiting on hold, I hit a button and they called me instead of me sitting there listening to really bad hold music. So if you're looking for hosting, you might want to check out coolerwebsites.com. In fact, if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash hosting, I've actually set up a package that I think is great for podcasters. And what it is, it's a specifically, it's media hosting for WordPress. And you can actually have two websites on it. You get 30 gigabytes of storage, which might as well be unlimited. You can have up to 400,000 monthly visitors, which you're not going to get anywhere near that. You have, this is the one thing I love, one-click staging. So let's say you have your website and you want to work on a new version of it. You can basically have it 
kind of backstage working on it. When you're done, you just push it to the front. Um, there's even a search engine optimization plugin if you're not using something like Yoast. And this is the other thing I was like, okay, this is what I like. They have a malware scan and removal. A lot of places will scan it and go, yep, you got malware. And then uh, I have uh, an account with Securi. Cost me $200 a year to get some malware. This is part of the plan. And that's when I went, you know what? That's pretty cool. Plus the first year you get your, uh, your standard SSL certificate, which is what everybody's into. So it's $11.99 a month, which I think is about cheaper than just about any place. If you go again to schoolofpodcasting.com slash hosting, then because you're listening, if you type in SOP and the number five, you'll get 5% off. But this is just me, again, talking about making money with your podcast, finding out what your audience needs, find something that you can stand behind and that you could talk about personally. And I don't expect to make a lot of money with this because some people are like, why wouldn't I just go to GoDaddy? Well, you could. In many cases, I'm going to try to to undercut them, but it's hard because they're the parent company and they have a, a better pricing deal, but at least try to match them. And this might bring in, uh, you know, again, just another additional stream because I know a lot of people who need websites. So if you're interested in that, uh, check it out, coolerwebsites.com and think about that for you. Instead of trying to sell a thousand dollar course, maybe you could sell a bunch of courses that are much cheaper. I've done that at the School of Podcasting. Somebody asked me, they said, um, you know, I don't really need all the courses at the School of Podcasting. Well, maybe I didn't mention this when it opened up in October, you can now buy them a la carte. So if you just want the course on making money with your podcast, you can do that. If you just want the course on how to organize your podcast using Evernote and file management and things like that, you can do that. So again, maybe that's the theme of this show, don't be afraid to tweak and change things. In case you missed it, it's time for a podcast rewind. I was on the It's All Journalism show, which is, uh, as was uh, Chris Coran was on uh, episode 221. Chris Coran from the Podcast Engineering School show. And uh, this is on, you can find it at itsalljournalism.com. It's all about, well, as you might imagine, um, journalism. And I was there talking about podcasting. And a lot of reporters are lazy. They'll go out and find an article that somebody said, hey, the Blue Yeti is the best microphone ever. Well, it is if you're in a quiet room, and I mean silent, with soundproofing. It's a condenser microphone. But if you're in a, an apartment, it's not a great microphone because it's going to pick up the crickets outside. And I'm saying that because it will pick up the crickets outside. It's a really super sensitive microphone, but everybody saw that article and copied and pasted and said, look, I'm talking about podcasting, but nobody's doing any reporting. I also appeared on the speaking with TJ Walker show because for some people, especially there are some people that are just crushing it with podcasting. And, and that's great in the same way that there are people that are just crushing it in the music business and they, they put out an album and it just sells millions. But for that one person that's selling, you know, gold and platinum records, there are hundreds, if not thousands of people that put out an album and, and it goes nowhere because, well, maybe that's just not impacting with people. So you have to realize, how am I going to know? If this is successful, is it a number of downloads? Is it the amount of people that comment on a show? Is it the amount of times I get asked to be a speaker at an event? Or is it the number of uh, input I get from my audience on making a new product? You know, how am I going to know if it's a success? Because 
otherwise, you know, how do you know if you're doing it right? And as I mentioned earlier, I also appeared on the Podcasters Roundtable where we were talking about putting together your podcast studio. You can see Dave as Papa Smurf, and uh, <laughs> it's because his white balance is off and he, he can't get access to the, the manual control app of his computers. So that's what he's referring to. Wow. There we go. No, 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 just no. Daniel's favorite show of all time. Oh, we always have a good time on that show. We actually did talk about microphones and setting it up and things to consider when setting up your studio. You can find that at podcastersroundtable.com. And uh, I do get a lot of people that find me on that show and then come over here. And likewise, I just talked about Ray Ortega from podcasterstudio.com and podcastersroundtable.com and Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity to Podcast. And uh, it's a great show. Check it out, podcastersroundtable.com. And if you're a regular listener to the show, I've been trying to eliminate some of the jargon that we use in our podcast. And uh, we're going to cover the D's in this episode. And the first one is double ender. You'll hear somebody say, well, just do a double ender. This is a recording strategy. And in this instance, each participant records their side of the conversation. And really, you could call it a multi-ender because this could be two people. It could be three people, four people. Everybody records their side of the conversation. Then all the files are sent to one person who assembles them into one file. Now, why do you do this? Well, in some cases, it makes it easy to edit out things like background noises. If somebody coughs or if the dog barks or things like that, you can edit it just out of that person's track. And in the end, it delivers the best quality. On the flip side, it takes a lot more work and skill to do that. So you'll hear people talk about double ender. You can also call it a multi ender. The other one, dynamic microphones. Well, to talk about dynamic microphones, we're also going to talk about condenser microphones. And here again, I'm not going to get into the super nitty gritty details of this. I'm just telling you what you need to know. And that is a dynamic microphone tends to pick up what is right in front of the microphone. And basically condenser microphones tend to pick up what's right in front of it as well, as well as anything else in the room. Now, a condenser microphone often will have a clearer sound, a little more high end to it maybe. But due to its ability to pick up more subtle sounds in the room, it's often not a good choice for podcasters. So in this case, a dynamic microphone is what I recommend. I'm using one right now, the Audio-Technica ATR2100, the AT2005, the uh, Samson Q2U. All those are under $100. I'm usually using an Electrovoice RE320. That's around $300. Those are all dynamic microphones. And here's a fun story. We'll take a quick tangent here in the middle of the Ds. Be very, very careful around eBay. I was on eBay and just kind of checking around to see what used gear was going for. And I saw a Heil PR40. Now, if you've never heard of the Heil PR40, for a while it was like, like when you said Heil PR40, you would hear like, Yeah, like angel voices. Um, so many people use this microphone. And uh, I saw one for $200 is the lowest bid. And I'm like, well, I'll do that. Because they normally go about $375, maybe a little less. And I thought, because nobody's going to sell this thing for 200 bucks, 
Yes, they did. So I now own a high LPR 40 and am $200 uh, less in my pocket. So be very, very careful about playing with things on eBay because you just might win. But you do know now that in the future, we'll have yet another, which one sounds better, microphone one or microphone two coming in our future. Going back to the D's of our uh, jargon list here, dynamic ad insertion. This is a process where a pre-recorded advertisement is inserted into your audio file. This technology can take an advertisement and put it into you you or you know anybody's back catalog. And it sounds impressive. The results, though, uh, due to its disruptive feel, often leads to less than desired results. I was listening to Jay Moore, who I like his show. He was interviewing Sugar Ray Leonard, and he, he literally, I think it was something like this. He said, what boxer hits you the hardest? 15 minutes will save you 15%. It was like like right in the middle of nowhere, in came an ad. It was really horrible. And from what I understand, often the advertisement doesn't really fit the audience. So what happens is because it doesn't get good results, you end up having lower fees for the advertisement because, well, it doesn't work. So when you hear about dynamic ad insertion, that in some cases is what people are referring to. And they're trying to get it to where the ad would be based on the topic, but the technology is just not there yet. So those are the D's of our jargon list. I did forget one because it almost doesn't count. And that is you'll hear people say DAW. I'm working, I'm using on my DAW or what is my DAW? And really I just say, well, DAW is what you say when you see a puppy, right? You go DAW, but it actually stands for digital audio workstation. And basically, that could be a computer running Audacity. It means all sorts of things. But basically, somebody says, yeah, I was doing it in my DAW. They're just trying to sound cool. They just mean their computer or it could be some sort of portable rig or things like that. But it's whatever they're using to edit and mix and put together their podcast. So DAW, Double Ender, Dynamic Microphones, and Dynamic Ad Insertion. And now, it's time for a power rant. All right, I'm going to get a little bit on my soapbox here, but there's been a lot of talk about Starly Kine, I think is how you say her name. She's the host of The Mystery Show, which is from Gimlet Media. In fact, this was their third show, Gimlet Media, the people behind Startup and Reply All, and these are the people that have like 18 people working on a show. And when I listened to the first episode, I said, this show is horrible. And the first, the episode I listened to was, This was the show notes. Lauren rents a video. When she tries to return it the next day, the video store is gone. Now, is that weird? Yes. Do I care? Uh, No. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? You you get a free copy of a bad movie. I mean, oh, the humanity. I, I just don't get it. And they had all the typical kind of stuff with this, oh, you know, where the narrative style with lots of music and lots of icing on the cake. And I mean, even at the 11 minute mark, there, they find this person who likes foreign films and they were talking about, you know, do you know where the video store is? But this guy, he liked foreign films and he's a real New Yorker. I mean, he had the whole New York accent going on, you know, it would, and um, he, he listened to one, he watched his one movie and made him cry. And yes, it's a story and yes, it's real, but I just kind of want to go, do they not have an editor? What does this have to do with the video store? But it was real. And listen to the sound effects of her on the street. I was like, give me a break. The fact that these are real people does not make it real interesting. 
And the fact that any company would spend money to fly this woman around the world to figure out what's the actual weight of some famous movie actor, who cares? I couldn't believe it. And so it was just, uh, to me, when I heard it was gone, I'm like, really? It took this far? The other thing I thought was interesting is some people are like, well, is it fair? Is it, but I'm like, wait a minute. When you get fired, is it really the best thing to go to social media and go, wah, I got fired? I don't know. I just found it weird. But to me, the reason that show is not on the air anymore doesn't mean because I, I, the bottom line is it was an expensive show to create. And number two, apparently she didn't get the numbers. In my, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. The reason she didn't get the numbers is because the show is stupid. I just was like, okay, yes, it's real. And ooh, wow, listen to that background music and the but in the end, just because it's real doesn't mean it's real interesting. And I, that, in my opinion, is why the mystery show is uh, gone. So with that, I would get off my soapbox and say, hey, if you want to start making a show that doesn't stink, that will gain an audience, I've got worksheet that'll walk you through the whole process of coming up with great content. We talk about that a lot in the School of Podcasting. And we talk about everything from building your website, buying the right gear, uh, recording it using Audacity, using Audition, using GarageBand, whatever product you're using. I'm getting ready today. I'm using Hindenburg Journalist, partly due because I'm working on a course on how to use Hindenburg Journalist. So that's coming in the future as well. So if you want to sign up, use the coupon code LISTENER when you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. And like I say, next week, we've got a couple of things coming down the pike. I got a cool voicemail about the fact that podcasting is global. We'll be talking about that in the future. I've got a great interview with Lee Silverstein that I haven't even had yet, but I know it's going to be awesome because Lee, you just wait till you hear the nuggets this guy's going to bring. It is truly amazing. And of course, I'll be busting out the high OPR 40 so we can hear just how cool or not cool that thing is. And uh, that's going to do it. So thank you so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. As I look up, we're at about the 41 minute mark. And you took 41 minutes out of your day to uh, to listen to little old me. So remember, know what you want out of podcasting, find what you're looking for, and then change what you want to get what you're looking for. And if you need help with that, come out to schoolofpodcasting.com, sign up for a course, sign up for a bundle, or if you just want one-on-one consulting, I'm also available for that. Just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start, and I hope to see you on the inside. Hope to see you in D.C. as well as I head out the door. Forgot to mention this. PodFest, DC PodFest next weekend. I will be in Washington, DC, November 4th and 5th around election time. Wow, that's kind of spooky now that I think about it. Myself and Rob Walsh, the VP of Podcast Relations from Lipson, will be speaking there. I'm speaking on how to grow your audience. And so if you're there, if you're at DC PodFest, please, 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 please. And by that, I mean, please come up and say hello to me. I really do uh, look forward to meeting everyone here. I hear it's a, a little bit of an intimate gathering there, and that's always really cool for that. Also, we got uh, DC Pod, not DC, we just have good old podfest.us in Florida, and uh, I'll be speaking at that. You ready for this? I can now announce this. Number one, I am the MC of the Messengers documentary screening. That's going to be very, very cool. And, and this is my favorite spot, I am the closing keynote. That's right. Closing. I get to bat cleanup. Oh, so looking for I'm, I'm super excited about that. And that's not happening for another whatever, four months. So for more information on that, go to podfest.us. Hope to see you on NDC. And I hope to see you on the inside of the School of Podcasting. Until next week, take care. God bless and uh, class.
is dismissed. <laughs>